Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Come on, man. Welcome back to the boiler room, everybody. We're in a uh, overdrive session over here in the boiler room. I got the Night Owl crew, the uh, vampiric boiler rumors here with me. We're broadcasting live at alternatecurrentradio.com, spreaker.com, and rockfin.com for this uh, second segment of the boiler room tonight. 21st July, 2022. Thanks for joining us. I'm your... Uh, I'm running out of words here, folks. Been on air too long today. I'm your host. My call sign is Hatcher. Find me at alternatecurrentradio.com. Find Ruckus. Find Wandering Wolf. Find Odd Man Out. Infidel Pharaoh. Score. Uh, all your favorite Boiler Room people at alternatecurrentradio.com. Thank you for rejoining us for this second part of the Boiler Room here. And uh, I've got Ruckus and I've got Wandering Wolf with me as we uh, finish out this episode of the Boiler Room. Uh, welcome, guys. We actually had an interesting discussion before we went on the video streams tonight. I think we're going to make that available as uh, extra content on the website somewhere. Uh, we were going off, weren't we, Wandering Wolf? Weren't we, Ruckus? We are going off about uh, mainstream music and stuff like that. That was a fun uh, little blow-off of some steam there. But welcome back to the show, Wandering Wolf. Great to have you with us tonight. Good to be back, and uh, I love the the vampiric characterization because I think uh, only a vampire is qualified to take uh, the uninitiated uh, on a tour of the creep show that is this strange media landscape. So uh, I'm ready for whatever comes next. Indeed. All right. We'll see if we can uh, drive a stake through the heart of the mass media cartel's narrative tonight, Ruckus. Thanks for rejoining us for this second segment of the Boiler Room over here. Uh, are you ready to rock and roll? Yeah, and I like what you just said. I think that's more like, I don't think we're the vampires. We're the vampire hunters. That's why we have to stay up so late. To, that's right. That's right. Uh, pursue what we do here. But yeah, yeah, thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's like Fright Night over here, except we're the ones with the, uh, the wooden stakes and the big mallets. So let's continue that. Ruckus, you said we had at least one more story we had to cover tonight, one more set of current events. What did you have in mind for us tonight? Well, I didn't have one particular story, but I see a, a narrative developing that I thought we should address. It's like the, it's, it's more than the elephant in the room. It's kind of obvious, and it's vindication for those of us who have been accused of being conspiracy theorists across the last couple of years. So I thought it was a nice you know, icing on the cake and addendum to the conversation we were having uh, earlier this evening. And that is, stop me if you've heard this before, but are you guys starting to notice uh, some of these similar uh, narratives in the media, talking points and ideas, solutions, where we're heading in response to this climate emergency 
that are very much the same as what we saw in their response to the pandemic. Obviously, you have. I'm sure plenty of people have, but I'm not sure if anyone's sat down and, and examined this and pointed out some of the more obvious ones that are just coming out now like crazy, like rapid fire. I've been documenting these on the Discord, so I might have to remind myself of a couple of them, but one that stuck out to me recently is um, the idea that we might want to shut down travel over the name of an emergency. Well, we saw that happen with the pandemic so that we could stop the spread, slow the spread or whatever. But now we're hearing about like in Britain and in other places, it's too hot. So sorry, folks, you don't get to fly. What? Have you guys seen that? What's yeah. up with that? Okay, so that's one thing I thought was very strange. Um, like, hmm, okay. The other thing I'm seeing now is they're they're trying to blame the high heat and the climate emergency. That's the hashtag phenomenon that's everywhere now about it's climate emergency specifically. What they're talking about is the heat, right? So now that's the reason your food prices are going up. And we have less food and this and that. Well, wait a minute. I saw this kind of thing happen during the pandemic. Like we had less of this and the prices went up and it was because of this, you know, well, you know, so it's the same kind of talking points that we're seeing over and over again now. And who was talking about this a year and a half to two years ago? Oh, that's right. It was like critical thinkers such as us on the boiler room, people like Patrick Henningsen and the James Corbett's and the Whitney Webb's last American vagabond, like this really elite circle of wacko conspiracy theorist alternative media types that are like oh no they're dangerous misinformation no early on people like that were pretty keen to this and we had memes running around like indiana jones getting ready to switch the the coronavirus for the climate change agenda 2030 the mpc gray guy with his chip being pulled out of his head and the new one inserted we were we were screaming this early on and 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 here we are they're already talking about this we just dodged a bullet when, when Brando there, he supposedly just yesterday, he was ready to do some sort of executive action over climate stuff. And I mean, just totally take the Constitution and throw it out the window from what I understand. So there's a lot going on with this. And now, I don't know, do you guys think that they're going to just switch it and they're going to replace it? Or are they going to do both at once? Because the other thing I saw was they were saying that the high heat could possibly be melting these icebergs or whatnot that have, like, dangerous bacteria and viruses in there that the human race has never dealt with before or haven't had to since the Ice Age. Like, are you kidding me? Where do you think we're going with this? I don't know, man. It's a total blitz right now in the media. Uh Thanks, whoever that was. Someone dropped uh, this CNN article in. Faced with more deadly heat waves, U.S. cities are taking an unprecedented step. Oh, really? Well, what is that? What, what step are we talking about here? When Jane Gilbert was appointed last summer as Miami-Dade's, Miami-Dade County's first chief heat officer, and the first in the country, she was charged with the seemingly impossible task. Raise the public's awareness about the dangers of extreme heat to the same level as hurricanes. Uh, I'm just going to stop right there. <laughs> That's the person's job. This is someone's city job to raise the public's awareness about heat, the dangers of extreme heat to the same levels as hurricanes. 
Does that sound? If you scroll down a little bit, you're going to notice that they're referring to heat as the invisible killer or or silent killer. Something, another one of these catch-all phrases, like we had the invisible enemy, and there it is, the silent killer. Thank you. There it is. Extreme heat is the silent killer. You've got to be kidding me. Hysteria. Absolute hysteria. I don't care if it's hotter than it's ever been on this particular date in recorded history in the UK. 100 degree temperatures happen. It's really, is it the silent killer? I don't know. Same thing, same talking point. Just like we said, if we let governments and Fortune 100s and private businesses and NGOs tell us we can be locked down in the case of an emergency and we go for it and we allow that, they're just going to keep using other, they're going to say, oh, it worked. They're going to say, oh, there you go. There you go. They're going to start hiring people for it. They're going to start pumping money into it. And whenever they want to declare an emergency, that means whatever. It means whatever they want it to mean. Right, Wandering Wolf? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I have so many. Look at all the tabs I have open on this browser right here. I mean, I have so many things open up here on this browser. And I swear a whole bunch of them are related to what Ruckus is talking about right here. Like all, And I have clips on my soundboard, too. I have nameless clips. All these lights up here. I don't even know which ones are clips about that. But I've got a ton of them. I mean, it's, it's going rampant right now. Is this because monkeypox didn't work out? So now we're going to go with climate emergency or, I don't know, St. Greta. Make sure St. Greta is appeased. How dare you? You know, it's, it's interesting that you, uh, you call her St. Greta, right? Because I think if you go far enough back in history, uh, on pretty much every continent, uh, in every culture, um, there were these priests of the good harvest. They were priests of weather, right? And you had to pay your alms to the gods to pray for rain so that there could be a good harvest or whatever the uh, the desired weather outcome was. Uh, do you think that it's possible that uh, those people weren't leveraging their position for social control? Um, is it possible that uh, lords and kings uh, and, and other um, aristocrat landowners uh, weren't in bed with those weather priests jockeying for position and influence over their uh, respective fiefs. Um, I think in some ways it's just a return to human form. It's, it's a return to the old sort of feudalistic manipulation that used to go on a thousand years ago. You know, and, and like, kind of like I was saying earlier, what we have is this curated chaos and a, a kind of a merry-go-round of various crises that can be rolled out and the response to each and every one of them is rule by fiat, executive order. Something must be done. And here's a battery of massive sweeping policies that can be enacted against whatever crisis du jour happens to be. Interestingly enough, though, I remember, I think it was the year before last, they were saying this magic number 12, right? We only have 12 years left before we reach a set point where none of this is reversible. So I would imagine that the operational tempo with which these crises are deployed will only increase over that period of time. I think that that's the number that they've given themselves to ramp up the amount of crises that are cycling through the population at any given moment to solidify this executive power that they are carving out for themselves in the wake of these crises. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. Every time they carve out power, they keep it. It's not like they're like, oh, we just need this for an emergency moment here. We're going to give it back. 
No, 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 no. Denver in the Rockfin chat says they're not giving up on monkeypox. They won't. They've invested in it. You know what? You're right. You're right. I was glad to see that they didn't declare an emergency over that one, but I, you're right. I've seen the uh, onslaught of new gross pictures on the interwebs of people with monkeypox. So yeah, that's not going anywhere. And we've got something going on in Australia too, right? They're they're talking about hoof and mouth or foot and mouth or something like that. Another one of those. What a joke that one is. They, right? they supposedly found pieces of what they are saying or foot and mouth disease and some like ladies like Subway sandwich for real. Mm. It's like crazy. I'm like, okay, this is a joke. It is a uh, but joke. I, I was... I was catching wind of, uh, I think it's Marburg, uh, Marburg disease. Am I saying that one right? It's another one of these highly infectious things I think is going around somewhere in a foreign country or continent elsewhere. So we might hear about that, but, you know, there's always something. There's always a, a fear, an invisible enemy or a silent killer that they want to throw our way. So I, I just, I really suspect that they really would love to have everything all in one giant neat package you know, and serve it at the people. So mm -hmm. I think if they can, you know, tie in the climate emergency with pandemics, and there's plenty of talks of that. We've seen that across the last couple of years. Like, here's how climate change is making illnesses and diseases and viruses and pandemics worse. And they jump through all these hoops to come through this silly conclusion. Which no one reads the article anyways. They read that headline and they hey, didn't you hear how climate change makes pandemics worse? And they sound all smart, but they don't realize how stupid they look. <laughs> or climate change causing heart attacks. You remember that one? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the, the only the only climate that we should be talking about here is the climate of fear that's being stoked up by all of these weaponized crises. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here, check this out. This came out of the. MIT Technology Review back on March 17 of 2020. And it's very illuminating and enlightening, especially when you put it in the context of when it came out. It's all this stuff about coronavirus right away. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I've done it on the show a number of times, like right after it came out. But you see right here, they're just referring to it as bouts uh, periodic bouts of social distancing to keep the pandemic in check. And you can see they like to run these sine wave things like, oh, we're going to go up, we're going to go down, we're going to go up, we're going to go down. There's no reason whatsoever that MIT technology should have looked at the data that they had in March of 2020 and come up with these numbers. And what they're showing us here is an on-off, on-off, on-off of high expectation of trauma, a.k.a. social distancing. And note they only went from March of 20 to November of 2021. But you could just imagine where that chart or that kind of thinking extends to as it goes further out from there. And look at the way society's been traumatized by that whole thing. And then take another image just like it and say it's the climate emergency spikes or whatever, you know, something like that. And just sort of lay them on top of each other and then shift them just to the side a little bit. And you double the amount of trauma peaks, event peaks, event horizons, if you will. So 
that's kind of the way I'm wondering if this is all meant to to work out so that like we've got three or four of these things. We've got like the war in Europe or Russia or whatever, or the tripolar fighting between China, Russia, America for fourth industrial revolutionary realization, ubiquity, whatever. And then you got the pandemic industrial complex and then the 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 climate emergency industrial complex all kind of overlaid on each other with similar like sine waves and then like big giant spikes at, you know, at elections and big giant spikes at UN agenda 2030 whatever that kind of stuff so I'm just wondering you know like how much humanity can take when we've got those kind of paradigm shifting like events happening just laid on top of each other and if, if this is following the pattern that I think it is, there has to be some sort of product that's going to come along. So, something, maybe not necessarily one product, but something needs to come along as a solution to all of these problems. What could it be? Right. I don't know. But I imagine all of them are going to be somehow related to artificial intelligence and big technocracy. Biotech. Yeah, biotech. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you have um, and I think, you know, we've, we've kind of said this before on the show, but um, there are two Hegelian dialect, dialectics playing out here. So you've got problem, reaction, solution, but then you also have thesis, anti uh, antithesis and synthesis. Pardon me, I'm tired. And so not only is there supposed to be a product, a set thing that comes out that uh, purports to solve these problems. Part of the product is also a synthesis of a particular combination of two things that people are being exposed to. Um, and then you add that to the fact that the best predictor of future behavior is relevant past behavior. So the more uh, of these crises uh, can be over that can be overlapped, the more you can predict exactly when the next one will hit. And you might even be able to predict the magnitude to be achieved by the combination just by virtue of having the data itself. Exactly. That's the thing here. The, we've got another, you know, this particular MIT technology review is a, a great piece to kind of throw into what we've been talking about with the whole taxonomy of psychological operations and the praxeology of it, because this one really kind of shows you how to read the tea leaves a little bit when you see a you know, an academic piece like this come out. Because MIT review, MIT technology review, that's not really... It's not necessarily a propaganda piece. You're not going to see that posted on a lot of mass media cartel or even technology sites. It's just sort of it's an academic piece. And I mean, they're they're talking about some crazy psychological stuff in here. And if you get if you get a population into a place where they are traumatized this okay so there's two different types of trauma that have an effect on the human nervous system you have the acute trauma of let's say a gunfight combat a sexual assault being mugged or assaulted on the street there's an acute trauma that occurs there's a, ner a nervous system reaction you go into fight or flight once the threat has been resolved and passed your nervous system is designed to calm down to discharge the accumulated stress response by dumping cortisol, and then it goes back to a baseline state. That doesn't mean that you don't retain the emotional effect of the trauma, but your body, your amygdala, is no longer telling you that you are directly under a threat. 
And the second type of trauma is high allostatic load. So it's a slow burn, right? It's the frog in the pot that's slowly being dialed up to a higher temperature over a longer period of time. The body is having to work harder and harder to maintain homeostasis. And so what, we, what, the, what that data shows me is that both of those states might be, I think, are being deliberately deployed against populations. You are getting this slow burn, high allostatic load, let's raise the temperature of the pot, and let's also hit populations with this acute trauma periodically to maintain the state where the sympathetic nervous system gets stuck in a fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response. And in that state, there's a physical injury that occurs in the brain. You can see this on a brain scan. If someone's been traumatized, you can see where areas of the brain, the frontal cortex that's responsible for your executive function and cognition, that powers down because you don't need that when the saber-toothed tiger is attacking you. You just need to get away or fight it off. And so if you stick someone in that state, they can't think, they can't function. They're simply in reaction mode where they're either fighting or freezing. I think they want people in that state so that they will be susceptible to suggestion and so they will go along with this program of rule by fiat and so that they will maintain this fear state that enables people to stay in an externalized locus of control. Yeah, absolutely. And, and check this out. Look at this, man. Uh, we don't know exactly what this new future looks like, of course, but one can imagine a world in which to get on a flight Perhaps you'll have to be signed up to a service that tracks your movements via your phone. The airline wouldn't be able to see where you'd gone, but it would get an alert if you'd been close to known infected people or disease hotspots. There'd be similar requirements at the entrance to large venues, government buildings, or public transport hubs. There'd be temperature scanners everywhere. And your workplace might demand you wear a monitor that tracks your temperature or other vital signs. Where nightclubs ask for proof of age, in future they might ask for proof of immunity. An identity card or some kind of digital verification via your phone showing you've already recovered from or been vaccinated against the latest virus strain. All right, we were reading that in in March of 2020 and saying, "Oh shit, everybody. Oh shit, everybody. You see that sine wave of suffering right there? You see you see the statements they've made. You see them telling us that we're going to have problems with the ICU, we're going to have problems in the workplace, we're going to have problems at school. Gig economy's going to suffer." Look at all this quarantining. Look at all this stuff. Look at all this masking. Look at these restrictions. Look at the scary numbers. Living in a state of pandemic. Then they start telling us how it's going to be at restaurants, cafes, bars, nightclubs, cinemas, art galleries, shopping malls. You know, places, places where fucking freedom happens. Places where thriving happens. Essentially, entertainment, fun. Oh, there'll be some adaptation, of course. Gyms could start selling home equipment. Yeah, tell that to, to Ian Smith Fitness. You know, tell that to all these gyms that didn't come back from, from this shit. So Ruckus, myself, Spore, our other 
teammates at the time or other colleagues in the media we looked at this and we said guys this looks serious this is not good they're telling us how this is going to fly and then this is the this is the kicker right here this is the kicker we'll adapt to and accept such measures much as we've adapted to increasingly stringent airport security screenings in the wake of terrorist attacks the intrusive surveillance will be considered a small price to pay for the basic freedom to be with other people. That infuriates me every time. It's just like, wait a minute, what? And they're just throwing it in your face right there. They're like, you will not be free to be with other people. And that was March of 2020 too. So, and like when we're reporting about that to, on our shows or on social media or telling our friends and family, we get shut down. Yep and called and labeled a conspiracy theorist. Yet, it's totally cool for you to do that if you're MIT Technology Review. I don't think they had their post pulled. I don't think they had their Facebook page shut down. I don't see any fact checker going on labeling that as misinformation. But just us reporting about that back then got us those labels. Mm -hmm. That's what infuriates me. Mm -hmm. It's like they're, they're, they've got it in our face. They're, you know, they're giving us the wedgie right here. They've got us up against the locker. They've grabbed us by the underwear, and they're yanking it upward, and they're telling us how they're going to beat us up. Oh, and, and God forbid you report on their little war game sessions, <laughs> like the uh, thing that took place before the pan. I mean, like, heck, if you, you get ahead enough, you know, you sometimes you can see these things a few months out, but forget it. Now you're really in trouble, Sonny. Yeah. <laughs> Like you take that, you, then you start looking at event 201, you start looking at lockstep, you start looking at all these things going backward, and it's just like, oh. And it's not like MIT just came up with this. I mean, come on. Seriously, March 17th, 2020. I mean, it was March 11th when they announced lockdown. Six days, six freaking days, and they come up with this, this doozy right here. Like, Gideon Litchfield. Yeah. Right? Litchfield. Yep. What a what a phenomenally uh prophetic writer, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. We looked into him too when we found this article. I think Truthstream was on with us and they were talking about who that is, <clears throat> what other things he's been interested in. And uh it's not it's not a good look. It's not a good look. But yeah, this thing, all these numbers, all this stuff, this didn't this wasn't like born it in is, six it is days funny to notice Hesher, if i'm not mistaken in that article a lot of it was like um well when we get a vaccine everything's going to be fixed but oh my gosh it could take forever for us to get a vaccine so uh yeah well, yeah that's a whole other topic right there yeah i i'm not sure i could find it quickly but i'm pretty sure they they went with that like oh it could take a year or six months if we're really lucky and it's like yeah of course everything right according to script is took about exactly a year to to what Corey was saying about the trauma thing um because i've noticed like okay there was a like the trauma events have been going on but there it was taking a longer amount of time in between each one before the next one and now i'm seeing these time periods shortening and and i and it keeps shortening so I think by the time we wake up tomorrow, we're going to have a whole new emergency to deal with the rate we're going. And I think that speaks to something. I think that they're really in a hurry to soften everybody up for one big 
big thing that they really need everyone to swallow as fact. And holy moly, I sure hope it ain't the the Space Brothers, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it is. Fuck it, man. It'll be entertaining as hell. What the hell? Why not? It sounds better than people like getting leprosy and falling over in the streets or whatever. We're supposed to believe this is this insane swap out of the flu for the unproven Covey. You guys want to wind it down with a quick little, uh, uh, I have a quick question for you guys. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Hit uh, us, man. Hit us. We all, it. we yeah, all know yeah. that, that uncle Joe there, Biden, uh, is tested positive for the coof. That's Even right. No, he's, he's like what triple jabbed, uh, and he's been taking the same cool medicine there that Anthony Fauci took when he caught the coof too. Wait a minute. Paxlovid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the timing comes in I mean, like, He's been doing some important stuff. He's got like a busy schedule. He's got things to do, folks. I mean, this is an emergency, this climate emergency. And he was ready to like, you know, drop the hammer on that and do something about it and fix it. The only way Joe knows how with his executive powers or whatever, right? Um, He's got a lot on his plate, right? And then all of a sudden he gets sick. Uh, Well, that's funny because at the same time, I heard like in mainstream news like CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, I guess the, the FBI is seriously considering pressing charges against Hunter Biden. <laughs> I wonder if there's any connection to, to Joe suddenly being shuffled off the, the the main stage here and not in everybody's face because he was hitting pretty hard there for a while. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this has been convenient for him. He uh, got to go to Saudi Arabia and stumble around and and just look completely demented. And uh, now he's got out of some upcoming travel because of the COOF, PCR positive test COOF, which, uh, you know, do we believe those even when we see one happen in front of us? I would argue we should probably be skeptical of them. But then when we're reported to them in the news that, oh, so-and-so politician or so-and-so famous person got the coof, you know, like I don't buy any of that. Like a lot of that is PR and timing, I think, or at least it's indistinguishable from reality when it is that. I mean, hell, okay, let's be real. Uh, Everybody out there in the workforce, how many of you raise your hands in the workforce if you know of someone on your team who has called in and said, oh, sorry, guys, I'm out this week. No Zoom calls for me. I'm PCR positive or I'm lateral flow positive. Like this has been the biggest get out of jail free sick day card uh, for for workers nationwide, worldwide ever. It's just like, oh, remember it used to be like, oh, you're what do you got? You got a sniffle? Are you too sick to come into work? Big pansy. And now it's like, oh, you got the coof? Oh, okay. Take two weeks. Take a month. Wait till your sense of smell comes back. And of course, people are taking advantage of it. So Biden probably doing the same thing there, Ruckus. Or it's just to push the... But this affects other people because now everyone who's ever been in contact with that person who's pretending to have the coof now gets tagged as potentially having the coof. And then if they're... They go out to the bar and they're drunk driving and then crash into a tree and kill themselves. They get labeled as, you know, having died from COVID. So this is a pretty serious problem, in my opinion. Yeah, right. It's uh, no time to be selfish with the sick days there and the the fake lateral flow tests and the uh, false positive, false negative PCR tests. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. Corey Drayton, what do you think, man? What do you think? Biden got himself the coof. It's such a weird one because when I think about someone as weak and frail and decrepit as Biden, it's almost like they're using this to position him as strong and industrious and, you know, stiff upper lip. He's still going to work and he's still doing the thing. But and OK, even if that is how they're trying to um, to position this and position him, they just make the narrative look weak. They make having the coup look like it's no big deal. So it's just lose lose for them either. Their way people can see through it i do think it's misdirection i i think yeah i think the timing is very convenient i think it's meant to draw attention away from the 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 revelations uh regarding his crack addicted son um so yeah i think that's definitely what's going on you know and and even if it was a big deal i would be praying to every single god uh, that uh, he has good health because the uh, the alternative being Kamala Harris stepping into that <laughs> position is so disgusting and unthinkable to me um, that I, I, I wish him good health. <laughs> I you know, hope he pulls through because I do not want that cackling banshee uh, to, to step into that position under any circumstances. I would yeah. commit seppuku before I would ever uh, uh, want that to happen. Man, they really put us in an awkward position with that one, didn't they? It's like, <laughs> no matter how much you want to wish for a change here, it's like, we all have to cheer him on now. We have to cheer him on so that Kamala uh, does not become the president. That would be a disaster. I mean, not that we're not already in a disaster here and not it that that's could all. could be worse if something bad happened to both of them at the same time. Oh my god, don't even go there. Isn't that wouldn't that be 8900-year-old Nancy Pelosi or something? Yes, yes. sir. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not end the show <laughs> on that note. That that is like a horror movie right there. Uh what's this what's this uh that let's go brandon said about oil or cancer or something like that did you guys see that clip i think i might have it. i did see that yeah i i saw um sticks uh hex and hammer 666 talking about that for a bit this morning uh <laughs> that being apparently a gaff but they're, they're doing a lot of uh interesting gymnastics uh by way of uh damage control for that one all right interesting let me see if i have the right clip here it might be fun um I haven't previewed it yet, but let's just see what happens. You've had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. Oh, okay. That was the I have cancer one because of the oil slick on the window. Uh, that one's a little out of context for me. I still don't know if I understand what that one's about. But so many gaffes. How do we even keep up with all the gaffes? I mean, there's just so many opportunities here. And we got fakers at the same time. I'll say, I'll say this about that one too, man. Um, uh, as a cancer survivor, I I resent uh, Biden using that word so carelessly. If he doesn't actually have it, I want a personal apology from him uh, for appropriating my identity as a cancer survivor. So so Joe Biden, President, if if you're listening to this, you're appropriating my identity. I want an apology immediately straight away <laughs> there you go uh you heard it first right over here let's go brandon um did you guys hear about brandon falls 
I did on Google Maps. Yeah, yeah. So anyone that missed out on that, uh, I don't know if it's still up there, but on Google Maps, someone went into the place where Biden crashed his bicycle and they placed a historical marker there and they called it Brandon Falls. So there you go. Great trolling on Google right there. Um, Sounds like a real place, doesn't it? It, it does. They should they should make it such. I mean, I remember uh, in Monterey they when Obama was elected and given the Nobel Peace Prize before he drone murdered, you know, tens of thousands of people, whatever, over his time in office. Well-earned Peace Prize, by the way. Wow, how do you do that with your freedom bombs? Um, they changed the name of Broadway Street in the town to Obama Avenue. It was just like, oh, okay. He just got here. We don't even know what he's going to do yet, and you're already naming roads after him. So, uh, yeah, they did that literally on the street signs there. So for people to do this on uh, on Google Maps, let's go. Yeah, Brandon Falls. It's perfect. It's perfect. I love it. All right. I think we should take it even further, man. Let's, bu- let's build a statue. Let's commission a statue of him collapsing and put it on that exact spot. We'll just create a monument. Yeah. Yeah, we'll that's com- what we should do. We'll commemorate when the it. Angry, when the angry... Yeah, this is great. No, let's not do that because we're going to have one group of people going to try to tear it down and another group trying to defend it. And next thing you know, convicted sex offenders and rapists are going to get their <laughs> arms blown off or something. Right. So let's avoid all that. Yeah. Ah, uh, although if if that happens, if we build, if we commission a statue to be built there and the crazies go and tear it down, it's a symbolic repetition of a very important moment, I think. Mm, so, right, yeah. right. Actually, I, I do have a, a funny idea. It'd be cool if, like, you know how some people, a lot of people on Facebook or social media or don't put where they're really from and they put, like, some funny thing? I think everyone should go change that to where you were born or wherever where you're from is Brandon Falls, USA. <laughs> there you go. That's excellent. <laughs> yes. Come on, man. All right, you guys. Well, uh, I think that's a pretty high note to leave it on. Anything else you guys want to throw out there? I'll do a quick round the room. Ruckus, over to you. Save rounds. Final thoughts. Let's close this boiler room uh, out. Yeah, I guess uh, happy Shark Week, everybody. So uh, don't forget, you know, support your favorite sharks or whatnot. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, thanks for having me. Uh, like you were mentioning earlier, Hesher, a lot of great collaboration going on with ACR and TNT. So, uh Make sure you're following everybody on their social medias and keeping an eye out on best way to, to know notification of when one of us is doing something with TNT or going live here on ACRs to join that Discord, Discord server. It's still one of the best places to, to get notified about what we're doing uh, until we get our newsletter set up, which is coming soon, uh, as well as a lot of other exciting things that uh, we're just going to keep mum about right now but um expect some really nice and fun exciting new things coming your way courtesy of alternate current radio so uh thank you hesher uh as always uh thank you wandering well for an intelligent conversation i mean what i said you're a very eloquent and well-spoken intelligent individual and it's always a pleasure sharing the airwaves with you uh both uh and shout out to all the listeners may god bless each and every one of you and may god save this republic all right that's ruckus everybody ruckus thanks for being here this week and everything you do it's been uh it's been a blast this week and same for you wandering wolf man we've been on it this week we didn't put a lot of microphone time in but uh it's been fun i appreciate you and uh looking forward to doing it again man so over to you 
Yeah, thanks, man. Um, I appreciate you both so much, uh, and it's it's uh, it's interesting to kind of get to a place where um, I guess what this is my third show this week, and it feels loose and natural, and I'm just allowing myself to you know hang back and get a bit silly uh, at times after you know a long day, and so it just feels good to be in a room with people I uh, know so well now who've become good friends and esteemed colleagues to make sense of uh, all of this chaos soup that we're living in day to day. I'm super excited about what's going on with TNT Radio and ACR and the cross-pollination that's happening there. Uh, I see so much potential and I'm really looking forward to uh, being a part of all that going forward. Hopefully uh, we can get together in your show at some point next week there, Hesher, and continue our praxeology. Um, and I think the last thing I, I wanted to say was, you know, at the at the very top of this episode, we were talking about uh, Spore's icebreaker and talking about Herodotus. And um, I think one thing to sort of always keep in mind, and this is something that we can keep in mind going forward as people who hopefully, I don't know, 100, 200 years from now, people will still be out there listening to our old episodes as historical artifacts, trying to understand what was going on in that weird period in the first 20, 30, 40, 50 years of the 21st century. What were those people like? What did they think? You know, we often forget when we look at the ancients that they had a sense of humor. They were irreverent. They were just like we were. And, and we, we want to look at history in this very serious, very dour way. And that's usually the holdover from the Victorian era when history was taught as something that's completely serious. I think a lot of the times, Herodotus, Seneca, Plutarch, all of them, they were just cracking jokes and, and having fun, just like we have been, you know, for this last half an hour, hour on the show. So I think, you know, never lose sight of that. Never lose sight of the fact that humor is really important um, if you're a human being to make sense of the world, no matter how dark it gets. Never lose your sense of humor. Never lose your sense of fun and play. Uh, and just enjoy being life. And I'm sorry, enjoy being alive. Enjoy life. Enjoy connecting with people out there. And just don't take life too seriously. As dark as things get, never, ever lose your sense of humor. And... Uh, I think that's it. So thanks for an awesome show, guys. And thanks to all the listeners out there tonight. I'll see you again soon. All right. Yeah, that's Wandering Wolf. Uh, thanks, Wandering Wolf. Thanks, Ruckus. Uh, thanks, Odd Man Out, Infidel Pharaoh, Lovely Spore, everybody out there for joining us tonight. It's been a uh, quite a week over here. Uh, don't burn yourself out, guys. Keep it up. All right, we'll try. We'll do our best. We're going to burn it at both ends in hopes of making a bit of a difference and having a bit of fun because Wandering Wolf is on to something there. Uh, Spore and I have always said this this can't be no fun. Uh, to talk about all this stuff, we can't have it be no fun because then it's no fun. We're out of here, you guys. We'll see you next time. That's it. Go ahead and run. Run home and cry to mama. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.